This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to The Stockout. Mike Bowden-Dissel here from FreightWaves. I'm an analyst and market expert and head of intermodal solutions at uh, FreightWaves. And today um, on The Stockout, is, uh, I'm going to be talking about the retail route last week and what that means for a CPG company. So I'm not going to be talking a lot about uh, CPG companies themselves, but uh, to follow any industry, I think you want to look at their uh, suppliers and their customers. And um, I think a lot is to be learned from what uh, the CPG, um, you know, part retail partners said, uh, you know, last week, um, you know, shares were declining, um, you know, heavily for Target and uh, Walmart uh, last week. So I'm going to talk about those things. And, um, you know, from there, I'll talk about some what's happening on the supplier side with, you know, palm oil in Indonesia, and then give you some uh, overview of, of what's happening in, um, in, in the data that we collect at FreightWaves and the FreightWaves Sonar a product. Um, but first, we'd like to thank our sponsor uh, today. Our, our sponsor is Axel Logistics. Um, there's the Axel logo there, ranked 39th on Transport Topics list of top brokerage firms. Axel Logistics take, takes a consultative and streamlined approach to your CPG shipping needs. Email sales at axelogistics.com to connect with the team today. Uh, we're also going to have someone on uh, from Axel Logistics on a future um, episode of the Stockouts. I think it's going to take place uh, two weeks from today, off next week for uh, Memorial Day. Uh, but um, following Monday, we'll have someone on from uh, Axel uh, Logistics. Um, so big thanks to, to Axel. Um, so with that, uh, I'll talk a little bit about what happened last week for those that weren't uh, you know, plugged into um, the, the, the news cycle um, with re- retail um So really, the topic number one is is this retail route. Um, You know, really, the the stocks of the retail companies took a pounding last week. You look at uh, Target shares are down about thirty percent for the week last year. You see Targets. If you can see the the screen, uh, Target is in uh, black. You see that down in the last um, six. That's a six month chart down now now down thirty eight percent in the last six months. About thirty percent of that decline came in uh, in the past week. You see in um, in uh, yellow that's uh, Walmart. Now Walmart's down about fifteen percent in the last uh, six months, and uh, all all of that decline and more was just in the past uh, in the past week down about twenty percent. You see in blue the S and P five hundred in the in the, um, in the past six months down about fifteen uh, percent. And um, you know, basically, what happened is both those companies reported earnings last week. Um, a disappointing outlook. Uh, Target, some of the highlights here or low lights is Target had a 48% EPS decline despite um, a 3.4% increase in comparable store sales. So not a terrible same store sales. Uh, but what stood out was Target's operating margin basically cut in half to 5.3% from over 10% a year ago. Walmart had been expecting a mid-single-digit EPS um, increase for the year, and now they're expecting a decrease of 1%. So some pretty significant cuts to 
um, uh, outlook there. Um, you know, Walmart is now um, actually increased their expectation for sales um, going from three percent this year to four percent this year. I mean, that could have just been you know due to higher price levels with inflation, maybe more than offsetting a decline in in in, in volume, and then the the gross profit pressure that Walmart saw was three quarters related to higher supply chain costs, including fuel and uh, e-commerce uh, fulfillment. So it was really um, you know, transportation and logistics driven. And uh, for those that um, sort of uh, run, were talking heads that said, you know, last, last week that, you know, how could the biggest retailers in the world not have anticipated that? Well, I think basically the, the, the retail um, a truck stop uh, price per gallon is is maybe one illustration of that. You know, they're not buying an, an price price on, on retail, but you know you can see the the, the retail price of diesel fuel now at five dollars and sixty cents per uh, per gallon. And I don't think anyone uh, you know fully anticipated you know that um, the, the, those costs rising as much as they did. There were also other um, costs that the retailers had that were somewhat unexpected. I mean, the labor costs that the retailers had either they had too few people. Or too many people, even with um, you know COVID waning, too many people. Um, you know, Walmart talked about came back all at the same time. They didn't want to get get rid of people because it is hard to hire. So they just sort of let the the um, you know headcount decline uh, due to attrition. But that caused elevated um, you know labor costs, and so you saw all of those things you know take a big bite out of um, you know the profit margins. You know, Walmart said their diesel. Uh, cost was an extra 160 um, million dollars, you know, in the quarter, and um, it just takes time. I think for uh, a lot of the big retailers, a lot of big companies, when they see a big spike in their um, in their costs, to fully get those um, you know, costs back in, in the form of higher prices or greater efficiencies or, or, or any of those things. Um, so, in addition to, to higher costs that the retailers had, the other thing that that took place was really there was a big uh, mix in mixed change in what was sold. So there was a lot more grocery and less what a Walmart calls general merchandise, which is basically anything that's not food or consumable, sort of anything that's not CPG essentially. And so inventories now at the, at the end of the quarter were really heavy for Walmart and Target, um, up 33% and 43% respectively, higher than they were in the year ago period. And it's important to draw this distinction between the general merchandise inventories, which are way higher than they were a year ago and really at an elevated level versus the food and consumable inventories, which are still low. And that's related to Walmart's comments that it's likely to do discounting for a lot of the general merchandise type products, what they call rollbacks. You're going to see a lot of those, but on the food products, they still think there's going to be further inflation to come on food and consumable products. So um, it's really, I think, not great news for consumers, even if there are some lower prices on certain products, because really the products that people need are um, you know, going to be the ones that, um, that are going to have higher uh, you know, prices. So that's a, just a little bit of a snapshot of what took place um, you know, last week in the world of retail. Um, and so going on to you know, topic number two is, is really what do those retail results mean for uh, for the CPG industry, and you know, I would argue that it's mostly negative. Um, but um, you know, based based on my count, I have you know two positives and three negatives when I think about you know sort of what that means for the CPG industry. Um, you know, first on the positive side, you know, think that the the results from Walmart and Target 
uh, show that consumers are still spending um, a lot of, of their paychecks at these big box retailers. They're spending just as much or more than they did a year ago with uh, same store sales up. That's not true of a lot of retailers, uh, particularly the retailers that are um, you know more focused on the selling discretionary items. You see the same store sales forecast for companies like Best Buy, Bed Bath and Beyond. Those are going to be negative. Uh, Walmart and, and and Target still showing those as being as being positive. So it, it still shows that the consumer is at least not cutting back on on spending overall. Um, the other thing that those results show is that CPG items are clearly not the first thing that consumers cut back on. Uh, neither of those companies was talking about consumers really cutting back on CPG, maybe with the exception of some trading down from national brands to private labels. But the big de- decline at Target is what they call hard lines, which is basically anything other than consumables or clothing. So that would be things like furniture, appliances, electronics. Those are things that um, you know, big ticket items, cons- you know, consumers have a pretty easier easier time cutting back on those than, than telling their kids that they can no longer have Lucky Charms. Um, so, so that's, I think, what we're seeing, um, you know, with, with, with Walmart, you're seeing a lot of um, you know, higher inventories, not just from consumers cutting back, but I think really from a lot of the pull forward associated with uh, the retailers getting uh, goods into the United States quickly, um, you know, to, to avoid a lot of the congestion that's taking place, you know, at or near the ports all of the uh, container ship lines, um, you know, stacked up, all of those things. So those, I think, were two positives for CPG, maybe on a relative basis. CPG is holding up uh, relatively well, um, which is one thing that tends to be why uh, CPG or consumer staple stocks uh, tend to perform relatively well in a down market. They've outperformed, you know, this year and intend to be good Freight for carriers to, to haul, they do tend to be pretty consistent. Um, but there were some, you know, negative takeaways from the the uh, retail uh, earnings last week, and I think the biggest one is Walmart. When you hear Walmart saying that they don't see any evidence of inflation subsiding in food, um, you know, that's a concern. I agree. I don't see um, you know evidence of that subsiding either. And in fact, I think there's going to be further shoes to drop as. Um, the impact is from the Ukraine situation with, uh, you know, gra- uh, grain and, uh, you know, uh, ingredients and you know, food and energy prices. Energy goes into a lot of, uh, you know, packaging and fertilizer. All those things get sort of fully, um, you know, worked through uh, food prices. I don't think those those items are fully reflected in food prices yet. It, it takes a while for, for, the, for those impacts to fully uh, you know, be felt, uh, you know, given how long it takes for crops to be grown, you know, harvested, um, distributed. So, um, you know, food prices likely go higher. So that's bad news for consumers overall. And then another, you know, negative is Walmart, uh, another negative for the national CPG brands, at least, is Walmart is seeing consumers trade down from uh, the national brands to private label, uh, you know, food products. Um, that's something that could hurt the the, the major CPG companies. You know, during the pandemic, you know, one of the big trends in CPG is as consumers had more disposable income to spend with, you know, spending less money on, you know, gas if they were staying at home or with all of the, you know, government, uh, you know, stimulus uh, checks, they, you know, opted for the, you know, the national brands for, for, for one reason or another, maybe it made them feel better. Maybe they felt more comfortable, you know, spending a little bit more on, on some of these items. 
Um, but but that's you know something that I, the CPG companies are vulnerable to. Um, you know something that Treehouse Foods, which is a company that makes a lot of the the private label uh, food uh, brands for companies like uh, Trader Joe's, has talked about. And you know they've actually have some interesting stats on how uh, the states that you know took away some of those stimulus uh, checks sooner. They saw a, a, an uptick in the private label in those states, you know, sooner than they did in in, in other states that kept those stimulus uh, checks flowing a little bit longer. So that's something that's not great for for, for the CPG, you know, brands. And then also, um, you know, I think you're going to see a shift uh, to, in groceries uh, to Walmart and some of the big box companies from traditional grocers. And I think you started to see signs of that um, in the in the results that reported last week, where. Walmart um, was taking share. Um, you know, it seemed like they were taking share in groceries uh, because the sales there uh, were, were were pretty strong, and it's an easy way for consumers to, you know, cut back on uh, you know grocery prices as go to the company that that um, you know has the, the the best prices there. And and I thought some of the the comments from Walmart were pretty telling too. Uh, that you know Walmart basically recommitted to being the price leader in you know, a lot of those items where. It seems like they're willing to sacrifice, um, you know, some near-term margin in order to, you know, maintain the reputation, and not even just the reputation, but actually have lower food prices than um, than, than their competitors. So, you know, you wonder if if Walmart doesn't come out of the um, this inflationary period, um, maybe in a better position than you know some of the traditional you know grocers because you know so to go to the Walmart for lower prices you realize that their grocery offerings are better than you thought they were and that behavior sort of sticks i think that's a negative for a lot of cpg companies um, because i don't think anyone negotiates harder than walmart given their their size in the marketplace um, and and just their negotiating clout so that could be a negative for cpg companies margins so on balance um, i think that uh, last week's uh, retail uh, earnings uh, paid um, you know a picture that this year um, is going to be another challenging year for CPG companies at least on their margins. You think back you know last year um, you know 2021 was a year where CPG companies in general you know really faced a lot of margin uh, pressure where their input costs rose faster than they could pass those costs on you know through the retail channel and onto consumers. I think a lot uh, started the year uh, 2022 hoping that this would be a year where they could um, you know those margins would rebound where they could you know pass those um, those higher prices on to consumers um, but uh, still you know I think what, what the retail results show is there's still going to be remaining you know margin pressure this year either from you know a combination of higher you know input you know costs or just um, you know, maybe dealing a little bit more with with Walmart and some of the big box retailers uh, topic number three here is really an update on the next, um, you know, you know, help development in uh, a topic that I followed uh, on the stock out, which is Indonesia lifts ba- uh, palm oil export ban, which is a which is just good news for CPG. So this is a, an image of uh, you know palm oil, you know, being collected in um, palm oil palm fruit, you know, being collected in, in in Indonesia, and you know palm oil goes into wide range of CPG products. Um, you know, it could be anything from you know, food that competes with other vegetable oils to various personal care products. Um, about 80, 85% of it comes from either Indonesia or Malaysia. About 60% just comes from, from Indonesia. And uh, what they did was they um, became more protectionist in order to keep food prices down for, you know, the domestic to, you know, Indonesia. They're you know, trying to, um, you know, get out of that uh, just because 
Indonesia produces more palm oil than they need for the domestic market. And so uh, essentially the exporters, once they meet their domestic market obligation, are going to be issued a permit that's good for six months to uh, begin exports. And you know, once they um, you know do that, um, it, it should you know help the um, help keep you know prices down you know globally. Not clear what those you know domestic market obligation is or when that actually will help with with exports. Um, but you do see I have a, a chart from a bar chart on uh, crude palm oil prices, and you do see that they've cracked a little bit. How they're off of their highs, still way above where they were. Let's say way back in November and December. Um, but still come down, it's come down about, let's call it 15%, you know, from their high on the expectation that uh, these export restrictions, um, you know, from Indonesia, the biggest supplier of palm oil um, is, is going to loosen up. So that's, you know, the farmers are happy about that in Indonesia. I think uh, CPG companies would, would welcome that as, as well. Uh, topic uh, number four here, I'll give a little bit of an overview of what's taking place in um, in, in sonar. Um, so contractual uh, shippers still free, feeling a freight cost pressure. Um, have a, a chart here that shows, you know, van contract rates. And so the, the blue line is 2022 rates. These uh, exclude fuel. So you see here the average van contract rate, according to a company that processes transactions, $2.91 for contract rates for dry van those ex- exclude fuel. Um, you see a year ago at this time, it was about $2.50 a mile. So it's up about $0.40 cents a mile. Of course, once you layer on fuel, that's going to increase it another um, you know, $0.15, $0.20, cents, maybe more uh, with, with, with the fuel prices uh, you know, surging. So shippers are still you know, feeling the pressure there, at least those that um, com- you know, compete and participate in, in the contractual market which is uh, most of the companies that are you know, targeted in this podcast, whether it's the, you know, the retail companies that want to pay attention to what's happening in the CPG industry or the CPG companies themselves. They need lots of um, you know, uh, capacity, so they tend to participate in the uh, contractual market. And it does show that you know, for all the talk about a truckload bloodbath and um, the, the, the sort of rumblings here that we, you know, even, even we've talked about even just today on, on FreightWaves.com, there's an article that Mark Solomon put out, you know, talking about how the expectation from some of these big shippers is that um, they're going to, you know, renegotiate their, their contract rates more aggressively, you know, at a, a, a faster clip where maybe they're going to do weekly or even or quarterly, you know, type, uh, type bid packages instead of having the annual contracts that are more typical you know, we are expecting shippers to get more aggressive, but right now um, it's still a big headwind on their financials. And so the big shippers are um, you know, seeing a lot of impact from higher freight costs. That includes, so, you know, these companies I've been talking about with, the, you know, the, the retailers, big CPG companies. Uh, what's interesting also is taking a look at the van contracts versus the spot rates, which I have on this, um, you know, next chart. You see the spot rates in orange. These are um, spot rates that exclude fuel. And you see how much they have fallen uh, this year. Started the year at about $3. This is the orange line. Um, spot rates excluding fuel, about $3. Now they're at 208 It's interesting that um, they have uh, sort of found a bottom there, you know, after going to $2 to 208 I would attribute that to maybe just a little bit of uh, tightening right before Memorial Day. You know, tight, right before Memorial Day, you see the movement of a lot of outdoor products, a lot of you know, beverages, 
you know, building materials are moving. So it's, it's, it's really a, a time that's typically seasonally tight in a truckload industry, but it also shows how, how much lower uh, spot rates are. If you think, you know, $2.08 a mile versus $2.91. If I'm a big shipper paying $2.91, I don't know how much longer I'm going to accept paying more than the market clearing price in the spot market before I get more aggressive on, you know, renegotiating, you know, contracts, um, you know, freight contracts don't have a lot of teeth that works, you know, both ways. Um, so I do think uh, the, the um, shippers are going to get more aggressive uh, there, you know, going forward. Um, so I think we'll we'll take an, an eye on uh, keep keep an eye on that. Um, you know, we encourage you if you're a shipper to benchmark your rates not only against those national indexes, but in Sonar we can um, you know, break that down by by lane and um, you know even by shipper type, and and so you show you what. You know, CPG company or a retailer, or let's say an automotive company is is paying versus other companies in that um, you know shipper you know category, and uh, you know from from there you can determine if you're you know paying too much, too little in um, you know in a particular lane. So um, you know, there's a really really the sort of the basic things I wanted to go over today. Would also encourage people um, in addition to signing up for you know my newsletter, which you can do at www.freightwaves.com forward slash the stockout, um, you know, you can, the easiest way to do that is maybe to go to freightwaves.com, uh, go up to newsletters, and then uh, the stockout is is right there at the top. Um, you know, what that graphic doesn't show is that um, you can also sign up for newsletters like What the Truck. Um, we have a new one on the Net Zero Carbon. Um, we have one in there, uh, you know, check call uh, on the 3PL uh, industry, which is um, you know one that uh, you know Mary does, I think it's uh, really well done. And then we rolled out a new one called Run- Running on Ice, which there's a lot of overlap there with um, you know people that are interested in cold chain and people that are interested in 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 CPG. I think about CPG is is including a lot of um, you know you know food type products, you know, a lot of products that need to be refrigerated, even things like cosmetics, you know, do tend to be. Uh, refrigerated. Um, so, uh, if anyone needs to reach out to me, uh, feel free to do so anytime at um, mbowdendistal at freightwaves.com. And that's really what I wanted to go over today. I um, hope everyone has a great uh, Monday.